You know, when, when you have very little concept, and real concept, founded, grounded, factual, of what the future holds, you got to let that future get just a little bit closer so you can have a more accurate assessment, if you will, of, of what's likely uh, or, or probable. This week on the Hitch Podcast, unexpected things will happen in your marriage. And Dr. Noel Nelson says, just go with it. Stay tuned. We are giving away free wine. That's right. You heard me correct. If you join any of the Hitched Wine Clubs in the month of April, you will get a free shipment of wine. This is a limited offer, only good for the month of April, and you can join any of the wine clubs. Just go to hitchedmag.com and click on the Wine Club link to learn more. Also, do you like the intro and outro music to this podcast? It is by HB Surround Sound, and they are now on the Warp Tour. Go to their Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash HB Surround Sound, to see what dates and if they're in your area. We hear that's where all the cool kids will be hanging out, and who knows, it might even be a great date idea for you and your spouse. You can also download their music from iTunes. Just search HB Surround Sound. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com, and we are joined with the always insightful, enlightening, uh, fan favorite, Dr. Noelle Nelson. Hi, Noelle. Hi, Steve. Uh, for those uh, tuning in for the first time, uh, Noelle is a relationship expert, popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, is also a best-selling author and a whole bunch of other stuff that I will tell you about later. Uh, but before we get into that, um, we're going to talk about marriage and when things go out of control, which will always happen, uh, you say to go with it, Noelle. Um, I'm going to set a stage really quick here. So there are things that happen in married life, unexpected situations that crop up uh, for one or the other of you, and suddenly it can feel like your whole life is out of control. Yep, and when those things happen, Steve, quite frankly, your whole life is out of control. <laughs> There's no just feel like it about it. It is. Yeah. Okay, so um, – and what you say, Dr. Noel, is that it's impossible to get that control back, uh, so give it up already. Uh, I mean that sounds like giving in to just total chaos, but that's, but that's not really what you're advocating here. No, no, you know me too well. No, of course not. What I'm talking about is there's this almost irresistible urge that many of us have when trouble hits to try to figure out what's next and how to deal with it, which, which is all very good. As long as you don't delude yourself that you're back in control because that ain't what's happening. Mm-hmm. And so can you give us an example of uh, back in control? Sure, sure, of course, or or, or more the the delusion yeah, part of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's take something, and, and you know, sometimes we 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 can't always do the positive, lighthearted stuff. So, let's say your spouse gets in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's bad. Your spouse is really wounded. The car is trashed. You have no idea what insurance will cover on either your spouse's treatment or the car. And now you're one paycheck down because you're a two-paycheck family for who knows how long, okay? Mm -hmm. There is a lot of of out-of-control here. 
you're probably spending a lot of sleepless nights worrying about, uh, frankly, everything. Mm-hmm. You're worrying about whether your spouse will fully recover. That's number one. Then you're worrying about how much it's going to cost. You're worrying about whether insurance will cover it. And then, of course, what happens? Typically, we go into, well, what if my honey doesn't recover or doesn't recover fully? Then what? And, and what if insurance only covers a portion of the treatment? What, what, do we have to sell the house to pay for it? Mm-hmm. And from there, it's real easy to go to. And the housing market, oh, my gosh, it's lousy. We'd only get a little bit of, of, of what we paid for it, or we've already borrowed on the house for this, that, and the other. We have very little equity. And then here we keep going to where would we live and on and on. And that is just the tip of the iceberg of worries about your spouse's health. We're not even considering the whole, oh, my goodness, the car was totaled issue. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's going to be a little bit of a bill there too. And and so Oh yeah. Um and so when you're saying just go with it, I mean in this kind of an instance with the car being totaled, your your spouse in you know, in the hospital, uh lots of things to obviously worry about. What do you so what do you suggest in this kind of a situation? Well, not that you stick a happy face on it and go it'll turn out fine. Yeah. That, that's not the kind of <laughs> of remedy that's going to work. For one, your, your guts would be just wrenching with the, the primal knowledge that, oh, it'll all be fine, <laughs> is a pie-in-the-sky statement. I mean, it might end up being true in the, in the long run, but it sure as heck isn't something you believe at the moment. So here's the solution, Steve. It's control what you can control in the moment. Plan a couple of steps ahead and let go. In other words, this is a, an old, old phrase, but it really works. Don't borrow trouble. Hmm. Don't futurize. You know, when, when you have very little concept, and real concept, founded, grounded, factual, of what the future holds, you got to let that future get just a little bit closer so you can have a more accurate assessment, if you will, of, of what's likely uh, or, or probable. Okay. And I mean, would, uh, would for, for example, having insurance in the first place be one of those things that you can control? It would be, but let, and, and hopefully you do. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and the example that, that we're discussing is, okay, so you start with your spouse. That's the most important thing here, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there they are in the hospital. Now, what you can control in the moment, or at least take charge of, if you can't totally control it, is doing the best you can to assure that your spouse is getting the best possible care. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I have known more than one spouse who, pra- who lived at the hospital Mm-hmm. you know, caught in the room to make sure that the best possible treatment was happening, that whatever whatever your spouse's needs were in the moment were being attended to and all that sort of thing. That's that's something you can actually take charge of, and it will make you feel better. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that sounds like, well, what do you care about you in that circumstance? Well, you're not going to do very well for your spouse if you aren't taking minimal care of yourself. And one way you do that is to take charge of what you can take charge of. Okay. And so then there's a couple of steps further, right? You can find out, as you said, Steve, what, what is your medical insurance cover, right? Mm-hmm. What, what's the best estimate of what the doctors or the, the medical administration think will be required? So we're literally, it's, it's, it's backing off from the, the cycle of worry, the sort of snowball of worry that can happen to take charge of the little pieces that are in front of your face. Like, 
you could look at your bank account and see if there are any savings in there. You could, you could check out with friends or family. Are they, are they willing to help out financially if it, if it came to that? And then stop. Stop. Don't borrow trouble. Wait for whatever evolves out of day one, day two, your present situation, to show itself at least to some degree before you attempt to address the next steps. And the phrase that I love is, I've done what I can for now. Tomorrow is another day. And then let it go. Let it go. You're not, you're not omniscient. And what happens when we, we snowball into this worry thing of, of disaster thinking, we literally overwhelm ourselves. And then, Steve, you either freeze up or you, you, your, your head gets so cloudy you can't think straight. I mean, stuff happens. It just isn't going to help anybody. Okay. So as another example, um, just to kind of drive this point home, we you you mentioned earlier about uh you know your home equity for example that you don't know how you're going to pay your bills and you may be upside down particularly in this current market um rather than worry about woulda shoulda if we have to sell the house how upside down we're going to be because you can't control that just look at your current <laughs> uh your current statement and pay pay this month's uh pay this month's bill Pay this month's bill and then maybe check out because you always want to be about one small, and I really mean small, step ahead. Just check out with friends and family. If I need an, uh, you know, an extra couple of hundred, five hundred, whatever, can you help? Mm-hmm. And you know what I've learned, Steve, is that often people panic. Let's say your mortgage is, or, or your rent or whatever is, is 1700 something mm-hmm. like that, 2000 mm-hmm. whatever, Okay. People often think that, oh, I've got to find somebody who can lend me the two grand. But it doesn't work that way nearly as well as when you think, well, you know, I'll bet Bob can spot me a couple of hundred. And mom usually has something in the kitty. Maybe she can come up with 150. And then um, my sister Joanne is a bit of a tightwad, but she'd probably help in this. She loves my spouse, so she'd -hmm. probably give me another, you know, 300. You build it. And, mm-hmm. peop- and when people are in overwhelm, they don't think straight to think of these things. Mm. That's why I advocate one tiny step, one tiny step you can get creative about. And this would be um, – and when you're working on something like this, it would be a positive focus rather than Absolutely. letting your mind wander into worst-case scenarios. Absolutely. And the problem with worst case scenarios is in a sense we attract them to us because we're so panicked and overwrought. We don't see the possible help that's mm. right in front of our noses. We just don't see it because we're, we're you're, well, you know my brain study, Steve. Yeah. Your brain, parts of your brain literally shut down when you're in the throes of negative thinking. Literally. It's not, you know, it, it, it's not a woo-woo thing. You Brain scans show your brain parts, very important parts, shut down when you're in those awful states of fear or anger or tremendous frustration. So the best thing you can do for yourself is try to take things a little slower, a little smaller, give yourself a little relief, and that will open up your your brain, literally, to more better solutions. Mm-hmm. And so I also imagine that this type of approach would have a direct impact on your marriage too. Oh, my heavens, yes. Absolutely. So, you know, when you're out of control and, you, and you're be, you bedeviling yourself with the what-ifs, you know, we're all the way down to the house isn't going to sell and we're going to be on the street and all the rest of it, 
you're not available to support your spouse's healing, which which is the number one thing. Yeah. And which is what they need, like right now, your your I'm here for you stance, not your oh my God stance. And whether you realize it or not, you are transferring that oh my God energy in one way or another to your spouse. And so, yes, your, your marriage is definitely strengthened when the primary message is, I'm here for you. I'm mm-hmm. here for you in a positive way. And that takes courage. It takes a willingness to stay focused in what can I do right now. I'm here for you right now. So when things go out of control and and we advocate you know, just going with it, it's really uh, don't take care of the things you can take care of uh just the small the small things don't try to tackle the world and solve world hunger uh just right. do the things that you can handle um but the things that you have no control of for example you don't have control of the accident you don't have control nope. of a lot of the you know the housing markets or whatever nope. the case may be the uh, car's already crashed yeah, so rather than worrying about that new paint job that just got ruined, right? Uh, right. You know, it, it's better to control something that you can put your that that's tangible, such as exactly. pulling out the uh, the insurance policy and seeing what it covers. You know, Steve, there is nothing worse, nothing worse for any human being than feeling powerless. Mm-hmm. That's what's behind our rage. Our fear, things like that, is feeling powerless. And the reason I say go with it is a way to reestablish your personal feelings of power is to accept that, yes, the stuff hit the fan. Mm-hmm. Accept it. That's my go with it. Accept <laughs> it. Okay. Now, what small part of the stuff can I unglue from the fan and deal with? Now, when you- Then you've started to reassert your own personal power. When you you were talking about the brain shutting down earlier, when you yes. accept it and go with it, is does that acceptance of it help keep that the the good parts of the brain open to find Absolutely. solutions? Absolutely, because what clamps those the the parts of the brain down are the the negativity, the I can't, mm. I won't. It doesn't, all those sorts of words, if you will, which translate into feelings. And the minute you start to say, maybe I could, it might, then you literally start allowing portions of your brain to open up again. So, so basically when you start doing those, those negative words, uh, th- you know, th- you're not going to come up with a solution because your brain has already told yourself, like, there's, there's no solution out of this problem. Correct. Yeah. It's like frozen. Yep. And and I mean if you look around yourself just just thinking about it and notice how people react in life, you'll see that people literally when they're in the throes of negativity freeze up. Mm-hmm. Freeze up. They just don't see and there can be a solution in front of their face. They will not see it. It's not because they're bad people or stupid or anything like that. It's because their own negative emotion has clamped down on their brain. Mm. And Heaven knows, sometimes, boy, it's tempting to let that happen. You know, when, when you have a situation like the spouse in a car accident, something like that, heck, <laughs> all you can think of, at least at the beginning, and it's normal, is, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And so you have to sort of take charge of yourself, if you will, in order to take charge of the situation and go, okay, I can't do anything about X, Y, and Z, but 
maybe, just maybe I can hold their hand while they're in the hospital or mm-hmm. whatever. That small thing to reassert your f- own feeling of personal power and in chargeness. Yeah. Uh, you know, one last thing before we wrap up here, Noel. You you talked about uh, being able to borrow from friends and family if if you come up short on rent or something along those lines. Um, you know, sometimes we get into these. I don't want to call them fight or flight because I don't think it's the same thing. Um, but these out of control situations where. Um, you have to either accept it and move on or, or you, you're shutting it down. If you, f- if you know you're the type of person who um, shuts down, um, it, you know, would it be – like how would you – like what would your recommend, recommendation be for that type of person to – maybe their one thing they do is to ask for help uh, – because that would be in their control where even though they can't mm-hmm. handle the, you know, I can't, I can't, you know, my, my spouse is uh, severely injured on the hospital bed. I can't handle looking at these, uh, the medical bills, or I can't handle mm-hmm. going through the, mm-hmm. the nonsense of the insurance claim forms mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But if, if, you know, if you could get a friend or family to do that for you and you just, what you can handle is sitting there in the hospital and just being mm-hmm. there. That's totally legitimate. Not only that, but, you, but you'd be amazed when you start looking how many resources there are just in our society already set up to help. There's patient advocates that will do that for you, mm-hmm. that will go through the medical, the medical insurance and the bills and such not and work it out for you. Yeah, okay. And that's uh, in addition to just saying to your, you know, your, your very calm aunt or whoever it is that <laughs> yeah. has, you're saying, I am, I am out of my mind here. I'm out of my mind. I can't handle it. Would you, would you please just, you know, wade through a little bit of this for me because I got to go back to the hospital. Mm-hmm. That's perfectly legitimate. And you know, 99.9% of the people on this planet only want to help. Sure. Yeah. So, that's, a, that's a great point. You know? I think, oh, yeah. I think a lot of times we forget that, that you know, everybody wants to be good. Everybody wants to help. They, nobody wants to be the villain. So, um, and, Very and, uh, you know, you, and this is a little bit off topic, but there was a great, um, time magazine cover story a couple weeks back. And I think it was called the bitter pill. And it talks about, um, basically the medical system within the United States and how, wh- basically why our bills are so astronomically high, um, and if if you ever find yourself in this situation, or actually, I just recommend you reading it in general because everybody's going to get sick and die um, at some point. Well, maybe not sick, but everybody's going to die at some point. Um, and it's this only one way out. <laughs> it's the only one way out. And uh, this article really enlightens on why our medical bills are so high. And you sparked this thought in my head because you talked about people out there to help with the bills, yes. and they talk about within this article um, a professionals who do that and how much money they are able to save people uh, because of the way the system works and all the little things that go on. So anyways, highly recommend it. And and beyond that, uh, uh, take the anxiety and angst off of you. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's not just the the practical help is great. It's Mm -hmm. great. And I am aware of of the article that you're mentioning, Stephen. It was excellent. Uh, but beyond the practical help, there's think of all the anguish it takes off you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So absolutely. And then you're f- that much freer too, since we're we're all about marriage and good marriages. It takes 
the, it, it frees up your energy to deal with the most important issue, which is helping your spouse regain their health. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so, uh, so your homework assignment this week, everybody, is to find that article, give it a read, uh, because hopefully, you know, things will not spin out of control for you anytime soon. Uh, but you are now equipped with the information to handle it uh, when something out of your control does arise. So there you go. go. Uh, So thank you so much for your time, Noelle. Really appreciate it as always. Thank you, Steve. Uh, And before we go, I want to remind everyone, you have been listening to Dr. Noelle Nelson, who is a relationship expert, a popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, is also the author of nine best-selling books. Her two most recent relationship books are Your Man is Wonderful and Dangerous Relationships. She also has a fantastic new book out on the uh, Kindle. It's for the Kindle e-reader. It is Make More Money by Making Your Employees Happy. It's a, a really great read. If you, uh, for those in the workplace, um, and uh, you can get more information at her website, noelnelson.com. You can follow Noel on Twitter, Dr. Noel Nelson. Uh, I am on Twitter at Hitched Media. Of course, you can get all this information on our website, hitchedmag.com. We are also on Facebook, we are on uh, Tumblr, we're on Pinterest. So, Uh, If there's a social network out there that you prefer, uh, give us a little uh, look. We're probably on there as well. Um, And that's going to do it for us this week. So one last time, thank you so much, Noel. Thank you, Steve. Okay. Take care, everybody.